and welcome. I'm Rich, and this is Misfits, Wanderers, and the rest of us. Glad to have you along. This is for those of us who felt like we didn't exactly fit in with the world we were brought into, that feel like they have had a disconnect from their authentic selves in order to survive and assimilate, who are desperate for something different. We focus on our basic needs, food, clothing, shelter, but we often don't acknowledge our other needs, and they are clearly needs to be seen, to be heard, to connect, and to belong. When those needs are not met, we do what we know how in order to dull the pain. The mission here is to provide a space where people can have these needs met in a safe environment surrounded by others finding their way who are willing to support and be supported along this collective journey. When we connect to our authentic selves, we can heal. We can live and lead from a place of love rather than from pain or from fear. The ripple effects from more and more people freeing themselves from the chains of trauma and fear and living in love through their authenticity will change literally anything you can think of. One step at a time, of course, right? So let's explore, shall we? Hey, this is Rich, and thank you for joining us today on Misfits, Wanderers, and the Rest of Us. On this episode, I am excited to share with you a conversation I had with my friend Megan Holt. She is a holistic coach and is very well versed in all kinds of things. We talked exactly about all kinds of things. We went from basal to gut health to listening to our bodies, to garlic, to what insects we've tried eating. It goes all over the place, but the best conversations do. And I invite you to come and hang out with us. And if so inspired, share what comes through for you. Let me introduce to you, Megan Holt. So what I want to ask you, and it's because I just did a whole bunch of cooking and that stuff is already in my mind. Mm -hmm. I got to see you with a whole hell of a lot of basil the other day yeah oh and man i all i could think so of was oh i do a number with a pesto sauce and i could make the you know, <laughs> killer spaghetti and then i started wanting pasta and i remembered i can't eat pasta but still it's still yummy <laughs> it is it's still yummy and i have maybe some alternatives for you if you cannot have gluten and or i don't know are you doing the no carb thing or the keto thing i don't really do a particular diet good, for me good. it's <laughs> I learned that about seven or eight years ago, I suddenly ate a sandwich and my intestines started doing really weird things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I didn't put the things together. I just kind of had a major life shift and things like that at the time. Yeah. I didn't, but I found that my, my intestines didn't feel great. Like it felt like there was a sit, they turned into a sieve and it just mm -hmm. felt like things were just expanding. And at the time my weight yeah. was really out of control. So I went to the doctor, they sent me to a GI specialist. They, they tested me for everything under the sun and they were able to mm -hmm. eliminate cancer. They could eliminate a lot of the major stuff. Hey, yeah. Mary, good to see you. <laughs> but Hi, Mary. other than that, they couldn't give me any answers. They tested I, me for uh, gluten, dairy, all this other stuff. Yeah. And then they're like, if you got IBS or something, go just, <laughs> go chug some Miralax and we'll see. You in some right. Months. And just like, uh, yeah. And just like, make sure that you accept this as normal. I'm so glad that you brought this subject up. I'm so glad. So um, uh, for, for the original comment, right, to my basil, yes, we will get to that because uh, it's one of my favorite herbs in the, in the entire herb, herbdom of kingdoms. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I find this so often that 
doctors when like when they don't have a uh, a standardized quantification they're just like oh well it could be this it could be that and you know and, and it, it really is just like those educated type guesses but the way that they come off about it is you just have to accept it that is not okay people <laughs> And when that happens, a few really neat things, like for one, with gluten or heavy starchy type uh, foods, it could be that your body doesn't process them in the same energetic way. And, um, And so what that does is it disrupts your energy field, which then sends symptoms to your body. And this is something that I am so passionate about and I'm working on right now in that our intestine, so our small intestine is the, is like a medium discerner. So it's what separates fluids. It's what separates nutrients. It's what separates the the nutrients from the waste. And, um, and so in going through that big life shift, I'm sure that there was a lots of discernment, a lots of like cloud whirling, you know, kind of awareness that was coming. So there's the energetic part. And then you put in these like heavy, almost at that point, kind of insoluble type foods, which are your, your your simple sugars and your real starchy foods. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. I'm working on something down here. I'm going to need you to just like hold off for a minute kind of thing. And so the doctors are like, oh, well, just coat everything inside and you'll be okay. And, um, and so what that really gives us the opportunity to do is yes, look at the, our diet, you know, the food diet means the foods that we eat, not the plan that we follow. It's the foods that we eat. Um, and it can even go into the diet of um, mental digestion and psychological digestion, which is something uh, that I'm really fond of. Uh, however, when that happens, you know, you have to check in with your body and be like, okay, what are you really trying to tell me? Like really sit with that energy just like you did. So once you kind of eliminated what made you feel kind of icky with the food, were you able to get a clearer like discernment or a clear awareness about kind of where where your path was going after that kind of shift? I did, but it took me some work. I was like, yeah. look, I did the Miralax for a while and mm-hmm. then they had me do that Satan in a bottle. Was it magnesium something? <laughs> Yeah, magnesium citrate. Oh, and that—that's where I was going. Is like once, so once everything gets through your small intestine, like what's it? Once it's separated out, what it wants for your body, and you know what, what like your body is like. Okay, I can handle this stuff, but I need you to get rid of all this stuff. Then it sends it to the lower intestine, which is your bowels, your colon, and that's where magic happens in a way. It's also where we tend to get that super discomfort icky type feeling when you're bloated or you're nauseous or you have stomach issues you just don't feel good and um, and that being said the lower intestine is responsible for letting go shedding an old eliminating waste and really energetically letting go 
of what no longer serves you. And, um, and so like when we do what, what we know to do and, you know, listen to our doctors, which I applaud every medical professional. I really do. I, I find them mo- most all that I've come in contact with are true, like passionate people about their craft. We follow everything that our doctor says and in turn coat everything on the inside the same way we probably placated our outside world, either food or drugs or sex or money or drama or uh, victimization, like uh, whatever it was that we placated our outsides with. Once we get through that part, you know, then have those shifts, then we get these physical symptoms called a healing crisis. And it really is our energetic and our spiritual body healing. And all of this stuff that we've numbed from the outside is now going to, in a way, not in the same extent, most of the time, is going to show up in our inner body and our inner ecology is going to start talking to us. And that can be really frustrating sometimes as well as scary. I know for me, in uh, whenever I, I'm a, I'm a recovered drug addict and, you know, I mean, I did that for a long time. That was my coping skill. And so when I actually started hearing my body talk to me, I had to discern between, wait, am I actually like, do I need to be in a mental institution because that's what they've told me? Or is this really what healing's like? So that bridge, if you will, is, um, is a very important one to build. And so um, how are your, how are your symptoms now? You really hit on something. It tends to relate to what else is going on in life. If Mm -hmm. I'm stressed, because there's some uncertainty down the road or I got some Mm -hmm. big thing and I can't quite figure out what the landing's going to look like, which is most of life. Mm -hmm. Even when we think we know, we're just bullshitting ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. But when that stuff starts, some of these things do start to act up. And then occasionally Mm -hmm. I do end up tripping over some week by accident, either something in a restaurant doesn't come through the way you think you did. I actually had an Mm -hmm. issue like that the other day. I ordered some pizza and, you know, they actually have a really good gluten-free crust, which is hard to find, Mm -hmm. but this place has one. And (laughs) it dawned on me, this pizza is too good. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny, but I I agree. And they've gotten better with the replacements, but it's yeah. I'm a foodie at heart, and I can pick up. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. There's a struggle I have with with that sometimes. For the most part, I'm kind of good. I can accept it. But then mm-hmm. I watch everybody having a lasagna or you know, yeah, up in calzones, and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, I do. I have those foods where I just cry over them sometimes, and that's okay. You know that is a okay to do but yeah you you're 100% correct a lot of the physical symptoms that we experience as humans are the byproduct like the the end end result of all of the quote unquote slaps from the universe or energetic messages or those feelings of hey this just isn't right or those all the questions that we have as just being human you know when we when we question our world and all of that stuff builds up in what's called our information field which is literally the baseline uh, universe 
to the energy fed, uh, like governed by frequency, which creates the illusion of our matter that creates our density as, as humans. And so in that information field, it's receiving things all the time, all the time, all the time. And the neatest thing about it is so it, it has this intelligence about it that it knows as a human being, as a physical form, you know, having a brain and, and being human, it knows not to bombard us with too many things at one time until we stop listening. It's just like when we stop listening to the universe and we stop listening to our inner knowings, our inner self, and not necessarily blindly following every single one, but at least acknowledging that that's there. That's when you start getting hit with the hard, heavy symptoms, whether it be lethargy or bowel issues. Bowel issues are huge. Heart conditions are another. And then, of course, the big C words and, and autoimmune things are, are all symptoms, are all the, the byproducts product of the result of turning off our our human amazingness because yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day everything is connected mm -hmm. all of it if your your emotional health is crap and you're not processing it mm -hmm. or in some other way you have needs that aren't being met and yeah. i harp on this to the point where people who are regularly follow my stuff or read my stuff are probably sick of hearing it <laughs> <That's> but <okay. laughs> you know we talk about basic needs yeah. and you know and you start mm -hmm. at the bottom and you know you've got your nutrition for mm -hmm. hydration for shelter yeah all those basics and yeah of course you need those but what doesn't get talked about and are on that same level are those needs to feel seen feel heard mm -hmm. yeah. to have connection and to belong and to be safe yeah yeah, yeah to have a safety all about that exactly when you have those things when you're when you have those connections that's your foundation mm -hmm. your foundation is solid yeah. you feel safe Exactly. And, and it helps. That's what deregulates our nervous system. And, and that it, it's a wonderful point because it brings me into like what call what's called trauma response, which I'm sure everybody and their mother's dog has heard the word trauma and now, and, you know, has their own, own internal representation of what that might be and, and how it does not affect them or how it has affected them. But, uh, but trauma in its truest sense is truly in individualized it's the nervous system response for an event experienced at a heightened state of emotion and so when you're when you don't feel safe that creates a trauma response in the brain that creates a, a neurological connection that's that's heightened when your security or your stability is is shaken that creates a trauma response and what the what that does is our bodies are so amazing that we have all of these millions and millions and millions of cells that make up our form that response gets housed in our cells and some some cells are these wonderful powerhouses of this you know like healthy love and light and they can take it in and absorb a lot of it and then you regulate back down to where you're no longer stressed and you go on about your day other cells they hold on to it and they manifest it they mastize it and that's where you become chronically if you know if you experience chronic things um back pain it, it just is a 
a fun tip, back pain in general, in general, is all caused by an emotional response being held in the body. Now, this is barring sufficient injury um, within a recent time, but back pain at its, in general, and in most all people is, is, are the origi- is originated by an emotional response held in the body because we shoulder the world. We, we put that backpack on. To tie it in, it can be a combination as well. You can have mm-hmm. an incident where there's an injury and it doesn't heal in the way that you would hope because you're holding these other pieces. Yeah. Like for me, or, or, you know, an incident at yeah. a place I was working, somebody did a drop and popped a couple of my, and mm-hmm. you know, that and my hip and all kinds of things. And I struggled for a long time and it was intermittent. There'll be days where I could go out and I could run. There were days mm-hmm. where I could go out and play baseball or basketball. And then there were other days where I could barely walk and I needed something to walk with. Yeah. And in the process, as I was healing my stuff, when I was addressing my health issues and doing my own elimination, mm-hmm. one of the side effects has been and it didn't dawn on me for a while. All of a sudden, like <laughs> I went through winter and my back didn't lock up. Exactly what? right, right. I know, right. I have this. I had this terrible shoulder pain. I have literally had it for decades, decades in some form or fashion. And if you ask the older people in my family, it's like, oh, that's just part of it. That's just who we are. That's built into our genes. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh. I don't accept that. And I was the kind of the same. I didn't make the connection right away as I started healing my inner emotional stuff, right? And releasing these limiting decisions that were just, but now I, I don't even know if I can remember what they are, uh, which is so cool. Nice. But like when I, when I started healing that, like I literally would feel like energy just flying out of my shoulders, at times through these big healing events. And I'm like, wow. And at one point I was like, I I swear, I think I can fly. I think I grew wings because I have never woke up without pain in my shoulder region for the last 20 years. (laughs) So it is, it's truly amazing. Yeah. It's amazing what people, uh, you know, or, or what we want to compartmentalize, like, our physical health is one thing. Our, our emotions, if, if we even are aware that we have them or want to say out loud that we acknowledge that we have them are another thing. And spirituality has all of this stuff that surrounds it. And you have to be this massive, sainty, halo-y person on a post. I don't know, you know, I'm just uh, kind oh, of- a- Really? Oh, well, I, get to- I know, right? I know. And yeah, and it's so heavy, right? It gets so heavy. Yeah. And um, and and that was another thing too when i began releasing the control of fitting into a box of fitting into a, a definition that really didn't align with me it was literally like i got to take off this entire armor head thing and i could truly shine i could be me like my hair even got lighter like without a stylist it was kind of crazy <laughs> nice yeah yeah. You can see, I have the same I can. <laughs> I can see. It. I mean, you're so shiny. You're so shiny. Um, and if we tie this all back in to my basil, right, which I do have a post on my Instagram, um, which we can drop 
somewhere um, at some point, but it's, uh, if I could remember it, it's mag.holistic.coach on Instagram. And uh, I do have a post of me holding these huge bunches of basil. I like, I've been growing these basil plants since, since they were this big. And um, for about, I think since like end of April, 1st of May, and they have, li- they literally like became these just bushes. So like I have had massive amounts of basil, love basil. Uh, I like to cook with it. I like to eat my, we eat it literally straight off the plant. It's a great analgesic. So if you have bites, if you have tooth pain and you're not a fan of cloves and you're into all of the like woo woo remedies, go chew on a few leaves of fresh basil. It's absolutely amazing. What happened was, is my plant uh, are getting ready for their, their winter. It's coming into autumn and they're, they're getting ready. So they do what this thing um, called bolting is. And when they bolt, it's basically like that's their seed production and they're you know getting ready to to regenerate so i went and cut all my plants and i i cried a little bit but i gave thanks to those <laughs> and so i had all these awesome amazing plants and my um my cousin just happens to be a self-taught um homestead person like i don't even know what you call her because she just has such a massive amount of wealth of knowledge from you know with plants and and farming and all of that so i called her and i was like what is the best way that i can preserve all of this without having to cook everything right now and like you know make massive amounts of pesto because i've already done that and i uh, i love pesto and um and fresh basil pesto is absolutely amazing but she was like right yeah, I know, right? I know. I could I can literally eat it by the spoon. I literally can and it's so good for you. Like herbs in general have a lot of they have immense antioxidant giving properties and antibacterial giving properties. I mean this is my word personally. I would even go so far as to say antiviral because they are such big immune immune boosters. That that is literally coming from me, not anyone else, just to be clear. Um, but that's that's how I treat them, right? I, I treat them with that kind of respect that they give all of this all of this nutrients. And so she was like, take it, bunch it and tie it up and hang it. And I was like, oh my God, that is so awesome. That's amazing. Because what happens is, is when you cut the plant or when you cut off a piece of herb, whenever you want to like dry it, you cut it at the, at the stem. And when you turn it upside down, all of those oils and everything, they run back down into the leaves. And so you get this like most amazing smell throughout your whole house. Um, But yeah, so that is what I'm doing with this set of basil is drying it um, so I can house it for winter. What will happen actually with fresh basil is I'll dry it and then I'll um, just roughly chop it and I'll put it in a container and put it in the freezer. That way you can just pick it out. And so that's something that you can do, but it has, they ha- basil is one of the most amazing things in the whole wide world. It's great for your teeth. It is one of the most amazing things for your skin. If you've never know if you if you haven't noticed today, now you will. Every Italian person has amazing skin. You want to know why? Basil, basil. Like, but every you know, like, basil is amazing for your skin. It's wonderful for all of the analgesic stuff. You can literally chew it, put it on bites, and um, it takes away the redness of of whatever said bite. Oh gosh, just so many things. But yes, I. That's good I to know. As somebody that goes into the woods a lot, and I'm realizing. Mm-hmm that it doesn't matter what you put on yourself 
to repel the mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. They've decided that they just. No, oh, yeah, they'll, they, they will. What's they supposed will to be a it. repellent is apparently yeah. an aphrodisiac to them. Yes, especially for the rogue of heart insect, because it's, it's like, you know, and it's so funny that you say that just in the simple fact, like, you know, you know how we always say um, the energy that you put out is the energy that you attract. Mm-hmm. That doesn't isn't just for humans. It's for every living species on the earth. So there might be something there that we could we could look at because mosquitoes love me so we could look at our look at ourselves and see why yeah there's definitely yeah. something there like and it was funny i was talking to somebody about i was talking to somebody about poison ivy the other day mm. and i go in the woods all the time and i look back even going back to childhood i don't even process looking for poison ivy it really rarely for poison ivy to affect me i have to be like in a bush and literally trying mm-hmm. to cut the stuff out and having it all over me for me to have a reaction mm-hmm. if i come across like a random leaf or couple here and there i don't react to it yeah i'm the same way other people here that are the opposite of that they can literally see the plant and break out in hives and i'm like i don't even know what the plant looks like so i'm glad that you do so i don't try to pull it up yeah and it's hard in the summer when everything's you know lush and green it's hard to tell it's Mm -hmm. easier once you start to get into the fall you start seeing like the red blotches from it and it's a lot easier to pick up but once you go into a lot of these parts especially up around here in new england this year it's been a very wet very summer everything's lush everything's green i was just up in you're also not going to see any poison ivy (laughs) right i was also well i was just recently up in your neck of the woods for the very first time i was up uh we were up in pennsylvania in um middle middle pennsylvania around it's beautiful uh, there oh my god i could not get over just the sheer beauty of it like i i'm from the south i was raised in the south and then i've lived on islands pretty much all over the ocean right Mm -hmm. and i was like how have i never like taken the time to really like look at the the east coast because it's so beautiful like everything's so manicured there's christmas trees that grow in people's yards like why didn't nobody tell me that christmas trees just grew in people's yards i still can't get over it (laughs) but yeah it is it's so beautiful and we were out like camping in nature in the park like we got i you know because down here like especially like with all the heat and everything summers or 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 nights or actually any season they're they're not the same as i was when i was a kid and it was literally almost kind of like going back in time to when i was a kid because there were lightning bugs there were birds of all kinds i got to see an eagle you know i just got to see all of these amazing and a chipmunk chipmunks are my favorite if you like chipmunks drop some chipmunks in the comments of the live on facebook i love chipmunks and um and so like they're they are they're so cool looking and like we don't have them here you know we have squirrels but we don't actually have chipmunks so yeah now, I may have been the crazy person chasing lightning bugs and chipmunks around at the lake in Prince Galitzin State Park in Pennsylvania for a week. What you do have that, you know, I know up my way we don't, is we have, we have cicadas. Yes, and they are everywhere. Okay, here is, if for anybody who doesn't know, they shed their skin and they make a horrible no- noise. But here is, that is a cicada skin. We call them locusts. Mm-hmm. And when we were a kid, we used to hang them on our, hang them on our shirt like that and freak people out yeah but they are 
Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years ago, <laughs> I was when I was traveling. I I was in Texas, mm. um, just north of Dallas, mm-hmm. and I went and took a walk. There was a nice little trail near um, my friend's house at the time. And I heard this noise and I'm like, what <laughs> is this? Right. Um, am I going to yeah. die? Um, if I, you've never this- heard it, it sounds like it's like Jeepers Creepers yeah. coming to get and you. I'm the person like, I, like a few weeks before that, I saw my first rattlesnake and my first thought was, hey, let's take a picture. <laughs> right. So I, yeah. I tend to lean toward that end. So I took a video yeah. of it and I brought it back to, I'm like, what is this? And I played it. And, you know, she called them locusts too. And just like, yeah. Oh yeah. We don't get that. Like we get crickets and we'll get other things, but up here, yeah. we don't get those. See man. And it's so, so like they call them, they, they are cicadas, right? And their actual rhythm brings on, it shifts the vibration, like the, the energy vibration of the area so much that it, it was once called like the, the coming of season. And, and, um, and the, and, you know, and if you go even further back, like cicadas were um, a warning, they are actually very good for the ecosystem at times. They're like a cleansing and they are very good to eat. If you roast them, I don't recommend like if you can stand the noise and you can stand catching them, which I'm not, I'm not real good at, like, cause I don't like, they, I don't know. They're little alien bugs to me, but they are actually really good to, to roast and eat. Um, they're full of protein. But yeah, like I... Is it like chicken by any chance? Oh, mate. No, I, ha- I had to go think there. of I it. To Come go. to think no, no. They are really like crackly though. They're good. Um, and so, uh, but ants are my favorite. Roasted ant with um, with chili powder. If you've never had them, um, watch a YouTube video and please don't roast fire ants. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a terrible are, idea. I know, right? Roasted ants are really good. Um, they're, uh, but what was, whatever, so, uh, what I got to what I began to realize like after you know because wh- wherever you grow up like that's your that's your normal you know like that's your like that's your circumference and so right. as you start to experience and explore and and you know and you don't have to travel great distances to do so I mean you can just most now you can help I don't know how many people <laughs> would get my internet joke but you can google it um, <laughs> but you can open a book uh, you know, but anyway, when I started to expand everything, I still every single new place that I go to, I get this like super huge like mind bomb because I'm like, oh my god, like I get I I had only seen these things on TV or I'd only ever heard about such and such or, or, you know, and so it's like super neat to see all the different cultures and geographic nuances, like in live and in person. Like, yeah. I, think, I thought that was so cool. It is like, up here. You know, we don't really do much with the bugs. I think the only thing I've ever, I think I've had chocolate covered grasshopper at some point. You probably have. I, I think it, at some point everybody has, or like probably. one of those or one of those scorpion suckers like see we're really close or we're not i'm not super close to the border anymore but like we used to get um whenever i lived way down south with like they they have full marcados with like all of this stuff cooking and you know and like roasting kind of like a like a street fair like a, you know a street um whatever they call those places where you can get food and you're walking in like an open door open air market so they have all this cool stuff and like we used to think it was so cool as kids they're like uh these square suckers 
flavors, like, uh, you know, different fruit flavors. And they had a scorpion in the middle of them. Oh, wow. A real life scorpion. Yeah. And of course, I mean, it was dead then, but it was an actual scorpion. And so we just thought that that was like the coolest thing ever. And yeah, so it's neat to see, um, see everything. So I don't know, like now I want to ask you a whole bunch of questions of like, what's like, <laughs> let's play the difference game of what all we, what all we like and what all we don't have where we're at. Go for uh, it. Well, like, okay. So how are you with spice? Like, I know that you said that you had some intestinal issues, but how, in general, how spice are you with spice? generally doesn't affect me. I can blow down hot peppers, uh, you know, yeah. give me a hot chili. Honestly, the hotter, the better. Garlic, I can, mm-hmm. left my own devices, I'll put garlic and or ginger on pretty much everything. I do too. Wonderful for your gut, by the way. Beautiful prebiotics for the gut microbiome. They love it. There's like, I, my whole life I've heard you can never have too much garlic. Truly honest to God, true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I, you know, like this might, this might sound like strange coming out, but I really don't understand people who cannot eat garlic. <laughs> Like there's, there's a big learning curve there with me with people who cannot eat garlic. I think that it's just mindset. Mm, it's mindset gotta be right. Fear of having bad breath. When they bad breath. Eat, yeah. Or of. bad sweat. Or, but it's so, but garlic is so good for your body. It really is. It's such a, it's another one of those like heavy hitters with gut health and um, skin health, immunity, brain health like oh my gosh i have been i'm such a geek when it comes to all this stuff right i love diving in so deep and like making all the connections recently been doing a lot of energy stuff but also like the connection between the gut heart and brain as well as the lungs so like those four connections like you know because everybody knows like oh your gut's your second brain yes uh, your heart is your is, is the first then your brain then your gut then your lungs you know yeah. and i have this beautiful um poem i would uh, as part of the, the the group that i'm with the healy uh world and just all of its amazing people and everything but we have this amazing like poem i'll i'll send it to you that way if you want to you can share it in the comments or or whatever but it's how our head and our heart how we get all mixed up and just like feud ourselves you know and i think everybody's experienced that where oh do i trust my heart oh do i go with my head is it logical is it rational is it with is it in love all of these things and so that's when when we start to have that and once we become aware that that's actually what's happening we tend to drop down into our gut and our guts like you know just it just houses us it holds us and um you know it really does feed and fuel our inner our chi and everything else and it will it'll house us for as long as we need as long as we need and then it will ask us this question of well what is taking you so long to to connect or go knock on the door of your lungs go see go see what's there and the and so like our head and our heart will feud and and they'll also work themselves out as soon as we take our breath back as soon as we take that's all we have to have is, is our breath and and everything else literally will come together so super neat just to see it all all yeah. written out and how all and that comes it's amazing you kind of were talking about how connection with the head with the mind so many of us were taught to believe this is where we have to make our decisions mm-hmm. and that's not really it at 
all. It's our library. It's where we take in the information. Mm-hmm. It's our and internal it representation. It also is our defense system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's our filter, which is exactly what you just said. It becomes our defense system for the world because, yeah, like humans, so like everything around you, like your unconscious mind, okay, it can take in everything. It can, it did, and it does. And so, like, if you can imagine at every second of the day, you're getting 11 billion bits of information thrown at you. So if we turn those into something tangible, 11 billion toothpicks thrown at you every second of every day, your, your, your mind, your brain can only grab 134 every single second, 134 out of 11 billion. Right. So in order to do what, what we do, like keep us alive and run all of our bodily functions and all of the other stuff. And for us not to just lose it every single day, it has to generalize, delete and distort. And that's where we get our, you know, representation system. And so our mind is a beautiful, amazing concept. And our brain is really neat, but it is only just one part of the whole puzzle. It's not the whole thing. Right. It's not like the whole center where everything comes from. Mm -mm. And when we start using it that way, that's, you know, when we get in trouble, that's when we start suppressing things. That's when we stop, Mm -hmm. start making survival decisions and decisions from lack, from fear, from trying to look around. You're talking about pulling those 134 Mm -hmm. bits out of 11 billion. And most of the time, the mind is scouting, looking for where's the angry bear? Mm -hmm. Where's the bear? Yeah, that's exactly what it's doing. It's scanning the entire field of what it can and bringing it together as best it can and so and it does what one of the top primary directives of the of the unconscious mind is to is to secure the body is to make sure that it stays alive and it stays safe it's survival and so whenever we chunk all of this stuff onto our our head you know when we say oh i just can't get my head around this or oh i'm overthinking this or oh i just cannot make a decision that's when you know we're overloading our systems and not even knowing it because we've forgot to check in with our heart with our gut with our breath and and our body like our, our body is so amazing that when you when you just make us this floating cloud of a mind you're you're really cutting off 90 percent of the whole package that is the dream life you know way out there somewhere that you can see and it's really always been attached to you it's sitting right there for you and one of the things that i've learned especially kind of over the course of the last almost the last year or so i was introduced to to human design. And I don't, I still don't understand a lot of it. Like, you know, there's different points where they start talking about gates and channels mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And in those conversations, I'm still going to stare at you glass eyed. But a lot of the basic information, mm-hmm. strategy and authority, mm-hmm. you're supposed to, my strategy is to wait to respond instead of trying to initiate mm-hmm. having things to bounce back on. And my authority, decision making is supposed to be. For me, it's my sacral or in my gut. Mm -hmm. I have to learn to check in with my gut Mm -hmm. that I've been for years kicking the crap out of with all kinds of food that I can't eat. I wonder (laughs) if it won't talk to me. And for me, I have to take everything and simplify the decision, turn it into a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. And I have to go in and check in. Now, sometimes yeah. it doesn't give me an answer and I have to wait and come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The gut is wonderful for holding space. 
it's, it's literally our, our like place of allowance. So even when we go there and we get the silence, which mm-hmm. is something that most, at least from in my experience, my mind does not like. My mind is like, why I need are to you know. so I need to know now. I know. It's like, <laughs> I need to know now. And you've got to tell me. And the if you look at it, like the gut is really like our coach, not our therapist, not our mom, our coach. So it allows us to sit and it holds space and allows the check-in time, the response time. And then, and I will give credit to the gut for this, but what it allows is that it waits for that aha of the mind, you know, where it's where the mind's like, aha, I got the connection. Okay, let's go. Thanks, gut. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to get credit either way. <laughs> and so it doesn't, hi, sweet girl. So it doesn't have to, um, it doesn't have to be, uh, in control it knows who it is and that's something that it took me a long time to even like relinquish that (laughs) control to uh to what was uh you know to its true form if you will and and be able to sit with the silence because it did it used to drive me batty yeah i'm (laughs) the same way i have to have everything planned out i have to know everything that can go wrong and i have to know how i can adjust or i can adapt i mean Mm -hmm. i had a career of many years and that was literally my job i had to kind of plan out and figure out what resources i needed to send to a to an emergency seat that was what i did Mm -hmm. so it worked perfectly for that piece but i was off the clock my brain was that way and it never really worked out because you can never see the right yeah that that is true like you can in a rational perspective like in a 3d perspective you can never equilibrate infinity (laughs) and you know so there's there's always could be that one they could always be that one extra thing and that's where um you know a lot of anxiety comes from a lot of shutdown could come from and that kind of thing but all in all the the strategy and the process and the training that you have is beautiful to me because it allows you now and um and this could you know just be something like a little toothpick but it can allow you now to check in with the different systems Mm -hmm. in your body like your gut your heart your breath and 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 in if you know saying it from a mind's perspective, it would be, let's implement my system. However, what can, what will happen is, is the flourishing and the growth of said system to that knowing, to that, to that resounding, um, like aligned knowing, which comes from the wholeness of the whole system. Right. All the mindset of how you address the unknown instead of mm-hmm. being afraid of it and seeing it as doom Mm -hmm. remembering that yeah to whatever degree and everybody can relate everybody's gone through awful stuff Mm -hmm. and it's not about competition or comparison Mm -mm. but we've all gone through some shit yeah we've gotten through the other side of it and remembering the odds are really really (laughs) good that whatever thing that comes down the pipe you can't see you're going to get out the other side of because you always have yeah most definitely. And that, you know, that just, that goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of, you know, the individual's definition of trauma. If the body's definition is nothing more than 
a neurological connection at a heightened emotional state. So we've all been and we have those those states and those times that we can recall like that, you know, um, and it's because of that, that deep connection. And so in using that and without instead of sitting inside of it, if we use that knowledge of, hey, you know, like I not only survive X, Y and Z, I can now tell the story of it. I'm thriving out of it. I'm I'm helping others with it. If we can sit with that knowledge, then anything that comes at you, yeah. you know, is is manageable. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Megan, where can we find you? Oh, well, you can find me now on Facebook. Yeah, um, and you can also find me on Instagram, which I and I'm working on my my site as we speak. So that will be up and running and in my bio links on Instagram. So my my Instagram has all of my links in my bio, which is at meg.holistic.coach on Instagram. It's the best right, place. I'll to make find sure it. that that's in the show notes. Perfect. Uh, I have enjoyed this so much. We must do it again. Absolutely. That sounds like a plan. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you you for having me. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Megan's amazing, isn't she? Thank you for hanging out with us. And again, if there was anything in that conversation that inspired you in one way or another, we would love to know about it. Please shoot us a message. Do it on Instagram. I am at richlevesque10. It'll be spelled in the show notes. And Megan is at meg.com holistic.coach. Megan had mentioned a poem that she was inspired by, and I would like to share it with you before we leave. It's from a poet named John Rodell, R-O-E-D-E-L, and his work is at johnrodell.com. And this particular poem is called The Anatomy of Peace. It will be linked in the show notes as well. My brain and heart divorced a decade ago over who was to blame about how big of a mess I have become. Eventually, they couldn't be in the same room with each other. Now my head and heart share custody of me. I stay with my brain during the week, and my heart gets me on weekends. They never speak to one another. Instead, they give me the same note to pass to each other every week. And their notes they send to one another always say the same thing. This is all your fault. On Sundays, my heart complains about how my head has let me down in the past. And on Wednesdays, my head lists all of the times my heart has screwed things up for me in the future. They blame each other for the state of my life. There's been a lot of yelling and crying. So, lately, I've been spending a lot of time with my gut, who serves as my unofficial therapist. Most nights, I sneak out of the window in my ribcage and slide down my spine and collapse on my gut's plush leather chair that's always open for me. And I just sit, 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 sit until the sun comes up. Last evening, 
my gut asked me if I was having a hard time being caught between my heart and my head. I nodded. I said I didn't know if I could live with either of them anymore. My heart is always sad about something that happened yesterday, while my head is always worried about something that may happen tomorrow, I lamented. My gut squeezed my hand. I just can't live with my mistakes of the past or my anxiety about the future, I sighed. My gut smiled and said, In that case, you should go stay with your lungs for a while. I was confused. The look on my face gave it away. If you are exhausted about your heart's obsession with the fixed past and your mind's focus on the uncertain future, your lungs are the perfect place for you. There is no yesterday in your lungs. There is no tomorrow there either. There is only now. There is only inhale. There is only exhale. There is only this moment. There is only breath. And in that breath, you can rest while your heart and head work their relationship out. This morning, while my brain was busy reading tea leaves, and while my heart was staring at old photographs, I packed a little bag and walked to the door of my lungs. Before I could even knock, she opened the door with a smile, and as a gust of air embraced me, she said, What took you so long? And with that, I thank you for listening. I invite you to subscribe and support this podcast in any way you feel so inspired. Take care, be safe, and be well. All content is the property of the respective creators. All opinions are solely those of the participants and do not reflect those of any of the hosting platforms. Misfits, Wanderers, and the Rest of Us is produced through Beacon Road Ministry. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.